You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. We are back for number 20 on this quest for 100. As always, I'm Brian, here with my my host, co-host, Justin. Hello, what's up? Uh, not much, just just uh, excited for big number 20. I think we always say this is an exciting topic, I realize. Uh, and I don't know if this is an exciting topic, but... This is a very exciting topic. Okay. We had, we had the ladies that heard about this topic were just, like, drooling. They wanted to be our special guests, but... Every everybody can be an expert in boy bands, so Brian and I have become experts. Um, I don't, yeah, quote unquote, yeah, quote, quote, <laughs> air quotes, yeah, air quotes. Um, yeah, no, this is a fun one, and and we we have to give um, some pause to the fact that we are one fifth of the way to our goal, to yeah. our quest. Yeah, this is pretty cool. There's there's we've gone through some some crazy things along the way, and. Here we are. We've done this for twenty straight weeks. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's I, that might be more impressive than all the work we put into this thing. Is the fact that we found at least an hour to an hour and a half every single week, and somehow give it to you fans every Thursday. We've we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves for that. So hopefully you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. We've we've got some consistent listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always start with with some since last time, and I'll start with with some fans since last time. We again have an, a listener in France. Bonjour. I want to know who you are. Yeah, please write us a review, write us a comment on our Facebook page or our Twitter page. We want to know who is listening to us in France. S'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît. Um, yeah, no, honestly, I, you know, and and if you're not from France and you want to write a review. We're down for yeah, that, too. Yeah, we want it. We but, want always. But, you know, our foreign listeners, we are excited. We want to know what brought you in, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Even if it's in French, we will translate it. I took a couple years of French, so I can do mediocre. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, good. So, why not? Well, uh, so my, my, my sense last time is really just very topical. So, our, our, our topic is boy bands this week, and... Uh, I found myself. This was this was kind of a weirdly a passion uh, passion project for me, um, as I I grew up. I think we both did uh, to an extent of through this era of boy bands, and uh, so I spent the the last week kind of living in the past, if you would, uh, the heyday of of for me the '90s um, and early 2000s. So uh, I actually. I just laughed because I, I don't know why I went down this slippery slope, but I actually went back and found a YouTube channel that played Making the Band. Um, so if you mm-hmm. ever yeah. watched that show yeah. Yeah. Uh, when it came out, so for those that didn't know, um, Making the Band was a show that created um, it created O-Town, and it was kind of a reality show and whatnot. And uh, it was – I remember watching some of those episodes – and so I like went back and watched it, and oh my goodness! First and foremost, the quality of TV at that time is so bad. Um, but uh, but the production was kind of fun, and you know, just like any other reality show where they're trying to win their spot on on the team. And um, but yeah, I, I ended up watching uh, two episodes before I was like, I can't do this anymore. So how much time did you actually spend researching or in in this? Ooh. 
Um, Since last time. Well, between content, music listening, and research, I would put a healthy four hours. That is four hours for you fans, (laughs) for you questers. Yeah, and I I would be lying if I said I didn't enjoy those four hours. Um, Making the band was a little bit of a stretch. That was more for you folks. Um, I didn't get a ton out of it. But yeah, it was it was interesting nonetheless. So wow, I, yeah. I'm I'm shocked that you spent that yeah. amount of well, time. What did you do? What did you just half heartedly do this, Brian? Well, no, I <laughs> I spent my normal few hours of research on okay. on this, but I I uh, failed to to go above and beyond. Like, oh, that's okay. Like you did. I only did it because I was curious. Yeah, and that drove me. Just like a lot of our topics, like you, you, you we may start with like, oh, you know, find a little research, and then we find out like, oh, that's really interesting, and then mm-hmm. you, you know, we talk about the rabbit holes all the time. You just this was a big one for me. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I mean, the only since last time that I really have is just that the NCAA tournament and watched a little basketball and yeah, exciting games. Um, those are always interesting games to watch because there's basketball in a you know typically a football arena. So mm-hmm. um, always interesting to watch those. But that that's really my only last time. So um, you know, I, I think it's clear that you had a very big interest in these boy bands back in the day <laughs> well, whereas maybe i did let's not temper it just slightly yeah well i so i grew up just a little bit of a background um i am the youngest uh on my mom's side not to get too complicated but on my mom's side i'm the youngest of five and my uh three older siblings that were you know 10 plus years older they weren't really into the boy band phase i they actually influenced a lot of my music uh interests that were into, um, you know, even like Led Zeppelin and Bob Marley and mm-hmm. Pink Floyd and like older stuff. But then my sister, uh, my not my oldest sister, but uh, my sister who's closest in age, she's a year and a half older than me. She was huge into the boy bands. Got it. And so by uh, association, if you would, I came along for the ride. And uh, yeah, it was it was kind of fun to kind of reminisce of you know she was the diehard fan but i like i knew all of these songs i listened to them with her um and i grew to kind of like it even though it was much more catered towards the feminine or uh race no gender (laughs) that doesn't make sense um what about you i i was i was um not really a big boy band person maybe a little in sync okay i remember having the in sync Christmas album, but that was about oh, it. Oh, of all the albums to have, you had the well, I think I, Christmas I had album. A, other ones, but that okay. was the only one that I remember. Like, okay. oh yeah, I had the Insync Christmas yeah. album. I don't remember what the other ones I had were. Yeah, if I had any, I wasn't a real. I mean, I'm not really a big like album music guy back in the day. Okay, so um, I I wouldn't say that I was a, a huge boy band person. A lot of this information that I found on the history and things was all new. Mm-hmm. News to me. So so let's let's do some news. You're a newsman, I ever tell you otherwise, you punch me in the face. So my news story, and maybe, you know, for those who were into the boy band thing knew about this, but um it comes from the some recent news that came out with, about Lou Perlman, who was the manager who founded both mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys and in sync and there's a new uh youtube documentary the boy band con uh that came out not that long ago that 
basically talks about how uh, he kind of screwed over the, yeah. the the Backstreet Boys and in sync and and one of the numbers that I saw was that that uh, you know they were getting paid about ten ten thousand dollars when they were making you know six figure revenue streams for this guy yep and he was just barely even paying you know because he was saying that oh they owed him for all of this um you know the restaurants they were going to the hotels and just up charging them just ridiculous numbers and yeah so it it, so um i was actually i wrote in 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 our notes uh when you put that as your news i was i was like gosh darn it like i wanted that to be my news because i stumbled upon the same thing and I actually, um, because I was curious, because it, it had um, it had Lance Bass, it had JC, it had Joey, like it had like all these guys from. I think I just listed some of the um, the in sync group, but uh, but like Backstreet Boys, Elephant, like it had all these people that kind of spoke on these things, and it was so I actually went and I subscribed to. Uh, to YouTube. YouTube Premium just Premium. for that? Yeah. Wow. And now I'm only going to do one month and I'm oh, going to okay. probably okay. jump out, but it was because okay. it was a free free thing for one month. Um, but I actually jumped in just to watch this and I tell you what, uh, this is not brought to you by YouTube. Uh, <laughs> they are not an advertiser of us, but I highly recommend if you lived through the boy band era and you had a passion you know, or interest in the boy band's it is a fascinating story, and you you mentioned some of those things of of you know Lou Pearlman that he just he took over and and really he I mean, he started um, Backstreet Boys and then in on top of their success decided okay I'm going to start this other group because I know the formula to do it so he starts in sync and in sync kind of struggles um, initially and then. Um, uh, the Backstreet Boys turned down uh, a, a an offer for um, to perform on like Disney right, or right. something. Yep. So, yep. Um, so InSync actually steps up and said, "Oh, we'll take that show." Yep. And then they blow up after that. It, it was actually uh, because of I think there was a health issue with someone why they had to turn down that offer. Oh yeah, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't because they just didn't think they were okay. They wanted they didn't it. Want it. Okay. it was a, a. I can't remember who the person was, but yeah, no, it was. Um, so there was a couple things. I mean, the whole thing was fascinating, and I and I have a couple takeaways, if you don't mind. I wanted to share with the group was just really interesting. And regardless of what I share here, um, I still recommend you see this because um, there's so many really cool things that you learned and and just like shocking. But Lou actually wrote himself in as the sixth member of these groups. Yeah. And so because of that, he was thought of as InSync or as Backstreet Boys. And that caused a lot of challenges at the end of all the drama where he's like, I'm just as much a part of InSync as they are. Like, I'm a member of the group. Um, it's like, no, <laughs> you're not. But, uh, you know, so that that was kind of interesting. I also learned that um, so TRL and maybe some of this might get into your history, so I don't want to take over that. But TRL created um, was created partially because the Backstreet Boys fans' first album, um, or the the Backstreet Boys' first album, had fans calling into MTV saying they want to see the music video, and so like they had an overwhelming um, 
amount of these requests. So they were like, okay, well, then we're going to create TRL, Total Recall Live, if you remember that show. Yep. And it's just crazy to think that it was started because of the boy band craze and because people wanted to see um, the music videos. It was also interesting. So Transcontinental, which was uh, the company that Lou started um, before starting the the Backstreet Boys, um, it was in, uh, and there's so much chaos and and drama and shadiness in his his previous companies. But when they for when Backstreet Boys worked through Transcontinental, and so did NSYNC. But Backstreet Boys didn't know about NSYNC while he was managing both groups. And so he actually, everything was kept under the, um, was spent under the title B5 that mm-hmm. was related to NSYNC. And so when NSYNC, like, and NSYNC didn't realize, that maybe they loosely knew that that um, Lou was tied to Backstreet Boys, but Backstreet Boys didn't know much about the NSYNC side, but he pitted them against each other. Oh, really? And so that was his workings to say, oh, man, the Backstreet Boys were doing this. I can't believe that. And then he'd go over to the NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys and say, NSYNC's doing this. Can you believe that? And, like, basically pitted them against each other, which he thought, and, and rightfully so, kind of motivated them to be like, oh, well, we're, we're better than them. And it's like, and then they're like, wait a second, is this a conflict of interest? You're literally yeah. managing both these groups, um, which was which was pretty cool. And then the only other thing I had on it, um, which again, there's a ton of stuff, but um, so the No Strings Attached um, album from NSYNC came out right after all the legal battle and them separating from, from Lou uh, as their manager. Um, because of all the shadiness that they finally found out. You mentioned, you know, the lack of payment and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. So they sued him, they won, and then their next album was No Strings Attached, which was a representation of, like, you don't, you're not controlling us anymore. Yeah. Like, we get, we're separate. So, so thought I, it was really cool. I, I just looked it up. Uh, Brian Luttrell uh, was having heart surgery, and that's why they had to, to decline that, uh, okay. that Disney special. They ended up having their own in a little bit later in, in 1999, but... That was that was really uh, why InSync really became big because Backstreet Boys turned down that first offer. So, yeah, I mean we've we've already started to drop a lot of knowledge. I know, yeah. So well, I have a quick I have a quick news thing. Just yeah. I, I I wanted to touch on um, was that um, so one of the big things. And I don't know if you'll get into this, but uh, K K pop is uh, a big thing, right? And so actually TikTok. Just uh, so TikTok, which is the um, the new app or social, social media, media that, platform yeah. that has come out, um, that is very heavy video. Um, they are actually looking for the next Asian boy band, um, and they just launched a a search for the next talented young dancers and singers, um, and they're doing it. It's going to be through TikTok Spotlight. So, mm. so if, if it's mostly in 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 Japan and Korea. But they are. It, it's kind of cool to see how that creation could be done through a social media app, and then you know become a super popular yeah, band. I'm for sure. sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's drop some knowledge. So I think first we need to kind of get on the same page as to what exactly a boy band is. Yeah. So this this term wasn't really coined until really the. I've heard I saw some places say the 80s but really I think it was the 90s that mm-hmm. really started to coin the boy band phrase but that yep. didn't mean there weren't these groups that were potentially boy bands before this. Sure. 
Um, so one of the definitions that I found is a boy band is loosely defined as a vocal group consisting of young male singers, usually in their teen years or 20s at the time of formation, singing love songs marketed towards young women. Most uh, most do, do not play musical instruments, uh, given that they have highly choreographed performances and all members, um, you know, sing. There's really no front man or or person okay yeah that 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 makes sense i think it's interesting and you'll probably get into this but um when you think about what are boy bands right and yeah um you know the the coined term became popularized in the 90s but you know by that term the terminology that description that you just gave allows or opens up for the fact that oh wait maybe the 90s weren't the first boy bands right. there was plenty that were before that and then, and then another thing to add in here is that typically, um, you know, most of the time they don't compose or produce their own material. Um, they actually have a, a songwriter or sure. some uh, person kind of doing the songs for them, and they're just the face of, and the performers. And, yes, of it, yeah, correct. So um, you know, there's a lot of debate over, and we'll, we'll probably debate this a little bit later. But in the 1950s. Uh, the Ink Spots, Ink Spots are kind of the first group that are thought to be what you know is a boy band. Okay. Um, and then they're they're followed by um, the Osmond Brothers and the Jackson Five early uh, in uh, you know the nineteen sixties ish. You also have the Beatles during that time, and some people have associated the Beatles with being a boy band. Now, if you go off of the kind of description that we talked about Mm -hmm. of uh, having some choreography and not playing instruments um, for the most part and and really having, I mean, they all kind of sang, but you definitely had your front men Mm -hmm. um, uh, with the Beatles. But um, so the, the Osmond brothers, um, you know, in the 1960s, they had TV performances, um, and they were kind of barbershop music initially, and then that kind of turned into, uh, you know, more of a pop music in, in sure. the 70s. Also in the, the 60s, you had um, Beatles performed on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1964, okay. and this was their first live performance, and this really showcased the um, fandom of females to the world or yeah. you know to our nation really yeah playing off of of the beatles success you had the monkeys so the mm-hmm. the monkeys was a tv sitcom band similar to what we have we had today with o-town and yep. and some of the other um you know parody band uh, boy bands that were created now in 1977 uh menudo menudo uh yeah, Menudo. Menudo. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm not Puerto Rican either. Well, I'm, I'm terrible not, at per, pronouncing okay. these things. That's okay. Um, Puerto Puerto Rican group with a rotating lineup. So uh, typically their members uh, were between the ages of 12 to 16, and mm-hmm. when a member turned 16, yeah, uh, or became too tall, or the voice changed, they were replaced. Yeah. So I. I actually just – and I've heard of Menudo before, but I just learned about them um, as I was watching 
I'm actually going to up my um, my research by about an hour because <laughs> I'm realizing now that I, I had a couple other video like mm. craziness that I was like top okay. bands of all time like you know so maybe it was a little bit more than I so, even said so maybe you know my question then is who who came from Menudo I think I'm going to guess on this I think it's Ricky Martin correct okay cool yeah because like I, I but I never knew and I you know I didn't grow up in that time. Um, but I knew of them, but I didn't know that they did that. Like that's such a unique yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, to be like, yeah, we're Menudo, but we change the singer all the time. And once yeah. they get too old, and right. we're like, nope, you're now it's the really next about person. the sound more than yeah. anything at that point. It's, yeah, it's, we want the same sound of of everything, and we don't care. Who. I'm curious if you were a Menudo fan, if you had your favorite. Like, oh, I'm a Menudo fan, but I loved Ricky, and, you know, that was my jam. Or if it was, like, no, that other guy. Yeah. Um, that would be such an interesting concept to be a fan of a band that way. So then in, in uh, the 80s, uh, New Edition was a R&B newcomers, and, and they had their 14-year-old Bobby Brown. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and this is actually, they're often credited as, as, as being you know, the first quote unquote boy band. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. It, and, you know, maybe some of the terminology start, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. it, it depends on who you talk to kind yeah. of thing it, with these history things. Um, but Maurice Starr discovered New Edition. Um, and then he decided he was going to, um, you know, we we talked about Lou Pearlman, but Maurice decided he was going to create a white version of New Edition. Okay. Which became New Kids on the Block. No way! Yeah. Oh, I was hoping you said that because that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, um, in and basically, what Maurice decided was he couldn't market as widely uh, because you had New Edition being all African American members, sure, as he could if he were to create a all white band mm-hmm. singing similar songs. Yeah. Um, just during that time period, it was you know. You had a lot of, still had some segregation, even though, you know, lots of things had changed. Mm-hmm. But still, there was like that mentality of, you know, trying to sell an African American well, yeah, band. Yeah, it's, to it's slight, the world. it was slightly different. I mean, if you look at their two music styles, it was slightly, you know, in premise, yes, it's similar, but but different yeah. styles as well. Yeah. Um, you know, all throughout <laughs> this, there there's a lot of offshoots in other countries. Um, almost every other country had you know their various version of of a boy band um you know during the 80s and 90s um in in 1990 early 1990s we started uh, to hear from boys to men mm-hmm. from your motown philly yep, yep yep your your hometown they actually spent um 50 weeks atop the board billboard hop top 100 cumulatively over the 90s and that's fourth longest behind only Elvis, the Beatles and Mariah Carey. Wow. That's yeah. a powerhouse. Yeah. Wow. Uh, there's actually did you know there's a, a, a Boys to Men Boulevard in Philly? I didn't. Yeah. Weird. I mean I, I mean, they represent the city well so that's, I like that. And, and their record uh, their single One Sweet Day uh, tied uh, or is tied for uh, the longest at the top 100, uh, or top, I think it's top 40, um, hit with 16 straight weeks, and it's tied by Despacito, the oh, song that came, j- okay. just came out. So, um, 
So really, in, in the 1990s, we saw a shift. Um, that's where we saw the shift of of marketing to this younger audience. Really, Boys to Men is kind of supposed to be towards this older audience, but um, they kind of made this shift in in the early 90s, and and then you saw um, the Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, um, In Sync, and Hanson all all come about. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about about the Backstreet Boys, but in in '93 the Backstreet Boys were formed in Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so AJ McLean, I don't even know how to pronounce these guys' <laughs> last names, but he was. You could just say their first names; people will know. AJ was the first member, um, and so April twentieth, nineteen ninety three. So we're coming up on yeah. their. Uh, anniversary i guess of of them being formed they are named after orlando's backstreet market oh that's cool yeah so they actually almost signed with mercury records in in 2003 but john mellencamp threatened to leave the label um (laughs) if if the mercury decided to join the boy band business oh my goodness yeah so um i thought that was that was kind of interesting the crazy thing is that that they probably should have signed them. <laughs> yeah. Despite what Mellencamp said. Now, now one of the things, and I don't know how much um, the documentary went into this, but one of the interesting things I saw between, in this kind of symmetry between Backstreet Boys and, and NSYNC, mm-hmm. is they both went to Sweden to start recording. Hmm. Um, so their first albums were actually recorded in Sweden and released in Germany first. And then, and then eventually, after, after they got some publicity in um, Germany, mm-hmm. then they came over to the United States. Um, so the um, they released Backstreets Back um, in Europe initially. Um, so they released it in 1997 worldwide, everywhere except for the United States. Was that their first album? Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, that was. Sorry, we've got it going going on. Was there, okay. Sorry, the second album. Sorry, was um, released in 1997. Okay. One day later, they released Backstreet Boys, the U.S. album in the United States. Okay. Which consisted of uh, songs from Backstreet Boys, their original album that went up to the world but didn't go to the uh, United States. That. And some songs from uh, Backstreet's Back. Okay. All in one album. Huh. Wow, that's that's a unique strategy. Yeah. Uh, obviously worked um, to kind of, I guess, test the market. Yeah, I mean, it, it sold over 10 million records mm-hmm. from what I have. <clears throat> yeah. So, in sync, we had, um, you know, Chris Kirkpatrick... He missed out on the auditions from um, Backstreet Boys, and he went to Lou and basically was like, hey, I really want to still do something. So mm-hmm. he started to put together, basically Lou said, hey, if you you know, can find the people, sure, let's, let's start potentially doing some, something. So, you know, Joey Fatone was a friend who worked at Universal Studios with Chris, mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake, um, and JC, both... Uh, Mickey Mouse Club members is how they found yeah. them. Yeah, and I I heard that um, was it JC I think was working at Disney 
I don't know if it was as a character or something, but he was like at Disney World, like working there. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then do you know the last member, the last original member? Okay. So you said Joey. Joey, Justin, JC, and Chris. Oh, man. I should know this. They eventually added Lance. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. So it's Jason, uh, Jason, uh, Galasso. Okay. I've heard Jason before. I didn't know he was recruited, um, as their bass singer, but then he was replaced. Uh, he didn't like the direction that they were going in. Yeah. So do you know how NSYNC came up with their name? Because they're all in sync. Well, (laughs) yes, that, that's how, um, how, Justin Timberlake's mom kind of came up with the word, but yeah. in terms of the actual N S Y N C, so it's actually the the um, last letter of each initial member's name. Oh, oh, that's hip. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so that's why when Lance Bass came on, they started to um, call him Lanston because they needed his oh. last his last letter of his name to <laughs> match Jason's. That's that's some good in sync trivia right there. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So, let's see. What a what other information can I um impart on everyone? Well, um so they actually were o- the opening act for Janet Jackson when she was on tour. Okay. Um that's how they kind of became um famous was yeah. was that an initial tour. Um, we'll go to go to a little bit of ninety eight degrees. So they were formed in um, L A. and all of their members are from Ohio. <laughs> and an interesting thing about them is that they are were formed independently, away from a producer or anything like that, um, and started to to you know create their music, and then were picked up by a production company mm. and music label. Uh, but they sold over 100 million records worldwide and had eight uh, top 40 singles. Um, People were just buying albums like crazy during that time. I mean, they'd buy multiple albums a day, just like, and and they were popping out too. There was a lot of them. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, 2000 was was O Town, which is we already touched on a little bit. The MTV reality show. Um, do you remember Together? Uh, I'm familiar. The the basically the monkeys MTV parody uh, boy band. They basically played off the fact that every boy band has five distinct personalities. You have the bad boy, the shy one, the yeah. young one, the older brother, and the heartthrob. Yep. So yeah, I've I've heard of that. I didn't know much about together, but I've heard of you know it's it's a formula. Mm-hmm. They talked a lot about that in the documentary where. Um, you know, you have a distinct personality that, you know, are different enough from each other, but all, you know, good looking and appealing to young females. Yeah. But. Um, and then in, in 2006, uh, we had the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Uh, they came through Disney Channel fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually just saw that they were, they'd performed it at your alma mater yeah. of Penn State. Oh, that's and, a good thing. And they, I, I think I heard the quote that, um, if they had gone to college, they would have gone to Penn State. All right. I mean, I'll I'll take that. Uh, I don't mind them wanting to go there, but performing there, it just it, honestly, like hearing that makes me feel old. Yeah. Because I can't imagine 
when I was in co- well, when I was in college, I I don't even think they were a group yet. What was it, two thousand six? Okay, so they were a group, but they were just starting. No, but they then, were on Disney Channel. So yeah, in two thousand six. Yeah, but my my generation or whatever would not have really gotten into them at that time because we were already grown out of the boy band phase. Um, whereas you know. The boy band phase has longevity because they're always catering to a new young audience, right. I feel like. So right. that's why they had such lasting power, and I'm sure the next group you're going to say had to had it as well. Like One Direction? Like One Direction. Yeah, One Direction. Um, so they um, were found by the uh, program X Factor in – um, not in New York, in uh, Europe. Yep. They all failed uh, individually in this singing competition – Okay. And then were formed from, you know, these failures were formed and brought together to enter the group part of the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is they only finished in third place in the entire competition. Really? Yeah. Yet somehow they had this, you know, amazing following, you know, yeah. years to come. Yeah, and, and it's the right target demo. There, There's an interest there. And yeah. They, are hitting it and maybe the I, I bet a lot of the people watching that show were not the right audience right. for them right. and then they yeah. go out and do their thing and they market to the right audience and now they're killing it yeah so. also around that time uh, we had a, a super group form in the NKOTBSB okay <laughs> what is that new kids on the block oh. and backstreet boy, boys oh. they formed formed a super group and and uh started touring oh i didn't know that yeah that's pretty cool i did see actually um i had the the privilege i'll, I'll say it's a privilege uh so i went to let what was it two years ago i went to the acm awards mm-hmm. in vegas yeah um it was a really a good time brought my wife um, and uh, every country artist sang, and it was spectacular. Um, I'm not a country artist fan, but I did appreciate all of that stuff. Um, but at the very end, they ended with a um, a Backstreet Boys surprise visit, and they sang with the country, all the best country singers, um, and um, did Backstreet's Back. And so I got to see them live, and then I think they have a – a residency now in, mm-hmm. in um, Vegas, which is kind of cool. So if you if you're still a heartthrob for Brian and AJ and all those guys, I forget the rest of their names. Um, <laughs> then uh, yeah, I, I would check it out. Go to Vegas. Um, and so I didn't. Uh, you talked about K-pop. I didn't even go into the weeds of the K-pop stuff. It's a whole it's, other thing. Yeah, honestly. I mean it's. It, another rabbit hole that yeah. we could talk about for forever so yeah that's really i i stopped just, with just know that k-pop is a thing and yeah. it's a big deal it's becoming a huge yeah, deal in, in in korea and japan and just like it, it's as big um i would say it's it's arguably as big right now um as boy bands were for us back in the 90s um you know maybe it's not as like silly and crazy but it's still like people are are drooling over those um, those groups. Yeah. Um, so I typically am, am the uh, stat guy, and I, have, I just have a couple for us here um, that <coughs> kind of help tell the story of boy bands. Um, so the average life cycle, would you have a guess on how long a, a typical group stays together? 
Mm. Uh, popular group. I'm going to say five years. So it's actually 13 years. Wow. So they're getting some good longevity out of these things. I mean, you have to look at Backstreet Boys. You know, that's yeah. – maybe they're an outlier, but – Yeah, um, and I mean, even Boys to Men, I think uh, – you look at those guys, I guess I guess that's – there are some outliers, and then you – I don't know how you would consider Backstreet Boys getting back together again, you know. I and, mean, I would consider that as, you know, at least somewhat connected. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. I would have guessed similar to you, Brian. I would have guessed it was a little bit less than that. Um we talked about this, but the average number of members is five. Um, I thought it was interesting that most uh, – and that's just because most groups are literally five. Um, there are a couple outliers, and typically when there is outliers, it's three. So it's weird that there isn't many groups that are four. Yeah. Um, it's just three or five, Yeah. Um, which is so weird. But again, they have this formula that they are you know, using, and, and it works. So – um, I thought that was interesting. So the two best-selling albums of all time in the boy band craze was Millennium in 1999, uh, which had 35 <coughs> excuse me, 35 million records sold, and then um, Backstreet Boys in 1997, so two years prior, um, was 28 million. Um, That's a lot of records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're... And this is what's crazy, and not to get back into that documentary, but these these bands are killing it. Like they are on top of the world. They're doing. They're they're so successful. They're on every girl's wall um, in America, at least. And this guy Lou is literally taking all of the money. Like they're they got a check. I think you mentioned this. Like they got a check for ten thousand um, dollars. I think it was. I think it might have been in sync. But but still, like. Those groups, after selling millions and millions and millions of records and performing nonstop, I thought that the one of the craziest things I heard was that if you calculate the number of hours that they worked and the payment that they got, even including the the room and board and food and all that, mm-hmm. they were making less than minimum wage. Yeah, these people that people idolize, yeah. that girls idolize, were making no money at all. It just blew my mind. I think it's also interesting because. You know, back in the early 2000s, the internet and downloading of music was not as easy. And so when you're talking about these album sales, it is literally physically going out and buying these albums. Whereas today, like, I think, you know, you might see a little bit of number inflation because it's so easy to buy an album now. It's like Mm -hmm. push of a button. Whereas, like, I remember, I mean, maybe we should go back in the day for this. I remember back in the day having to go, so Pullman being small town, mm-hmm. did not have a, we may have had a record store, maybe, I don't, or a, a CD store, I guess yeah. it would be. What were those, FYE? Yeah. For your entertainment? Like those types of stores? Yeah, but I think even that was <laughs> like, that was like later in the craze. It might have, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, trying to think of other shops that were notable for cds yeah i mean um i remember having to go over to moscow which was eight miles away from pullman okay um and that was where the music store was Mm -hmm. um you'd have to go to the mall in in moscow and that was really the only place you could buy a a cd yeah um 
and my first CD was that I actually physically bought. Yep, was Space Jam. Space Jam, the soundtrack. soundtrack. Oh, yeah. that is that is a good one. Yeah, I believe I can fly. I mean, it's yeah, it's got good stuff on there. It does. Um, the uh, my so my first um, record uh, CD, CD that that I ever yeah. got it was actually purchased for me, and I got two of them, um, and it was. Uh, totally not uh, r- related to boy bands at all, but it was um, Incubus, Morning mm-hmm. View, mm-hmm. and it was Linkin Park, Hybrid Theory. And I listened to those CDs nonstop. Like when I got that and I got the Walkman or, or the Discman or whatever, mm-hmm. I just like – I just nonstop listened to it. I just – it was – so cool to have music at your, you know, beck and call, and I memorize all those songs. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool. We are kind of dating ourselves because we're not even talking about like tape. Yeah, know? no, we're not. I mean, I, 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 well, I, I can't say I had tapes. My, my siblings had tapes, and I had tapes because of them. But Sam Goody, it turned into Fye. Oh, okay. That's why Sam Goody. Yeah, Sam Goody was the music star that was in Moscow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of back in the day, do you remember what hit clips were? No. So this actually, I, I it may not have made it outside the East Coast. No, 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 no. This was a huge. Well, I say huge. It was. It was a fad. Um, <clears throat> but hit clips. Uh, for those listening that maybe not know, um, Hit Clips was uh, a product that essentially they w- almost were on key. I think they, a lot of them were on keychain. So it was it became popularized around uh, the boy band era. So it was just like late '90s. Look it up and 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 take a look at these things. But they're essentially these little albums, and they're probably a you know an inch by an inch. And it would play about a minute, maybe a minute and a half of a song. And so you would buy like, you know, maybe this is a bad example, but like buy, buy, buy. I'm going to buy that <laughs> um, hit clip. And then you would take that and put it in your little mini portable little um, um, like jukebox type thing. And they had little design or different types. So you could have like a little robot or a little whatever and you put it in and then you have the headphones or some of some of them actually were connected to the headphone and you'd hit play and then you'd have like a catchy minute of a song and then it'd be like stuck in your head so it is i don't know why this became a thing but they became these little quirky um collectibles really and they had everything it was they had a ton of boy band stuff because this was popularized that the tiktok or tiktok the hit clips um were popularized during that time and they were advertised to young females hmm. but um they had don't remember everything. that at all yeah it's it's it was a, and, and i don't know why i don't even know why it popped in my head <coughs> i had to google what they were called because i was like what were those little albums i remember having a little little thing that could play music and you could i think actually mcdonald's had um like you could go to mcdonald's and totally pay like five like... dollars for like something like that oh so, i was gonna say that sounds like a happy meal type of thing it totally sounds like that but they were Bigger than that, like uh, they were ten dollar, uh, ten dollars for I think like one little one minute song. Like it was crazy. Uh, you know, it, it is interesting because like I I'd never heard of this, but I do feel like it took music 
a lot longer to get to Pullman. And I wasn't <laughs> and and horse and carriage. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was because just being on the West Coast all the time or whether it's just Pullman being a smaller town, but like radio stations specifically, I remember when I was growing up, we would be like sometimes a month behind what? the music that, that, is... that, that, that my cousins were listening to in the Midwest. I swear. Like, we would know about songs way later. At least the, the radio stations would know about songs way later. Than... That is so bizarre. I've heard of things like that in other countries. Like, you know, <laughs> you go to another country and it's like, oh, yeah, they're 10 years in the past or whatever. But to be in America in in the in the 80s or 90s like that's yeah <laughs> no, it makes no sense yeah i don't know i don't know why but it just was like they knew about these songs well before us that is and it was like it would be a hit in in the midwest or the east coast yeah. almost a month before it started playing in pullman wow and it you know again small town sure but but it's not small town America in 1900. Like technology exists, people talk. Like that is weird. Living in the past. Well, I think I had two more quick stats. <coughs> so, um, no strings attached, um, which featured "Bye Bye Bye." This I promise you, it's going to be me. Sold over a million copies on the day of its release. Again, one million with physical. an M. Physical. Yeah, right. Physical copies. That's People waiting in line. Going to the store to like that's just baffling. So interesting enough, I, I think, and I we can confirm this after, but I believe so. It's that record stood for 15 years, um, and I believe it was broken in 2015 um, by Adele. Mm. Uh, but to your earlier point. It's a new era. Like, people weren't getting in line for it. It's like, I'm just going to hit a button, and now I get the yeah. new Adele album. Yeah, so for sure. That is, baff- that is crazy to me that that many um, sold. Um, so the uh, the other one I, I wanted to bring up. So VH1 has a top 100 songs of the 90s. Do you have a, a crazy guess on what any of I'll, – I'll, I'll give you a hint. So Backstreet Boys were, were number three with I Want It That Way. Could you name any of the top two artists or songs for that? Uh, in the nineties. Yep. Represented. Not this is VH1's list, so th- this is what they said. Kind of represented. Jeez. The nineties. When I see these, I'm like, oh yeah, that that makes sense, or at least one of them for sure. I I don't. I I mean I'm I'm so, terrible. Like I will honestly tell you, I'm terrible with with. Remembering names, remembering and- names and song titles, like okay. awful. Yeah, like I am the guy at the trivia. If it <laughs> trivia night, you do not want to sit with. Okay, if it's, it's good to music. know, considering you come out for trivia, trivia all the time. Oh, I, I ignore. <laughs> but it. you know yeah. other things. Yeah, so I ignore those. Yeah, those play this music song. So, so the number two song was U 2s one, which U two was. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you what that song was. Yeah, great song. Um, and then number one, which this one made, just makes a ton of sense for me, was Nirvana, and it was Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, yeah. So, okay. again, I think just ultimately represents the 90s in a lot of ways. Yeah. But pretty cool that the Backstreet Boys made number three on the list with uh, I Want It That Way. So let's, uh, let's take a moment and let's, uh, let's do a friendship test here. Got a question for you, better answer now. <laughs> 
Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, if you're new to the podcast, we always do a little bit of a friendship test every week that, that challenges Brian and my friendship here. Um, and We've got some questions this week. Yeah, yeah. We, we for do. you. For, for, for me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You're the, the, that's a dad joke if I ever heard it. Um, well, uh, let, let's start with an easy one or the classic one. Um, are you a Backstreet Boys fan? Are you an NSYNC fan? Or are you a 98 Degrees fan? Uh, I'm a NSYNC fan. Okay. If, if I had to like, classify Yeah, I don't know. And you, you did I preface that, yeah. that I'm, I'm, I can tell you that I'm a huge fan of any of them, but, but I would you say. Have, you have JT's poster on your wall. I know you do, Brian. With uh, the curly, curly hair. No. The, no. Oh, okay. No. Sorry. Yeah. Well, um, How about you? So I am team NSYNC as well. Um, 98 Degrees is a glorified third. Um, you know, they're nowhere close to the other two. Um, You're probably a secret Hanson fan. Oh, oh, that's that's just that's an insult. Um, no, I like so in sync. And again, this was my influence was heavily from my sister mm-hmm. Kelly. So yeah. she was a diehard in sync fan, and um, I don't think I knew it at the time. Um, but I realizing looking back and seeing a lot of these documentaries and interesting things, it was. They not only were the bands pitted against each other, but the fans were pitted against each other. Like they, if you were a Backstreet Boys fan, you genuinely didn't like NSYNC, and maybe that evolved over time. Um, it certainly did for me because I loved NSYNC, or I I enjoyed NSYNC um, as my favorite band uh, of the of the boy bands, but I I didn't really wasn't really into Backstreet Boys because my sister never really listened to much of them um, or as much of them. And so now, it, like you know, it's just crazy to kind of look back and see how how fans were kind of like, nope, it's either one or the other. Even though you're like, it's good music, just you know, listen to it. Um, so yeah, that that that's my my take. So we talked about this a little bit earlier, but to you, are the Beatles a boy band? They are a band that is made up of boys, but they are not a boy band. I would in agree. My opinion. Yeah, I would um, agree. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I I think based off of our kind of descriptor of having some choreography and and all of, all of that, mm-hmm. where you know things people like New Edition, you saw some choreography sure, in yeah. in their music videos and and they didn't have instruments and all of yeah. that kind of stuff. So I think they you know definitely fit that model. Now, were they marketing specifically to you know the f- younger female demographic that? we come to really attach to the nineties boy yeah. bands. No, but I think from a overall like construction per- perspective, I think at the core they are. Yeah. And, and there's certainly similarities, but I just, you know, I, I see them as a band. I mean, they have in- instruments and they have, you know, putting on performances and they're not dancing around. I, I to me, boy band, is in sync it is backstreet boys it is that style um yeah and even you know it's even you know newer bands for me um like one direction i i guess they're considered a boy band but it's it's kind of a fringe thing for me because i don't think they 
they're in the same light. They're they're definitely catering. They're they're not playing instruments. They're catering to that young female audience. Um, but I don't. There's something about. I don't know if it's the dancing that that's cheesy and fun at the same time. I, I don't know what it is. But would you would you put boys to men as um, as a boy band? No, they don't. They from. I've never been to one of their concerts, so I don't yep. know about the choreography <laughs> side of things. Yep. They're definitely like an R and B, but I do think that they are uh, what I would consider a boy band. Okay. Again, that we don't have the choreography and some elements that um, you have with what our generation think of as a boy band. But mm. I mean, it's they're a band made up of male members yeah. who. I would think sing to a female, you know, yep. audience. Mm-hmm. Now I do enjoy a lot of their music and I think yeah. some of their music is really good. Um, they don't have quite the range of, of styles as maybe some of the, the, you know, more modern boy bands. I mean, I guess they're around the same time, but just like, it's a little different style of boy band than I would mm-hmm. say that the rest. Yeah. That's a, it's a tough one for me. I, I love boys and men. I think they're an awesome group and, uh, I love that, you know, they reign from, from Philly too. Um, to, to me, my gut tells me that they are not a boy band again. Cause I just see them. I see boy bands as like young kind of goofy, but heart throbs and whatnot. And boys, the men just seem more serious to me. And, um, we're, I think you mentioned this earlier, but like almost aimed towards a little bit older of a demographic. Like you, they were, they were catering to a female audience, but I think they were almost catering to a female audience in their like twenties. Um, but I actually had to look back at some of their music videos. Um, cause I was like, man, I, I remember a lot of the sitting on a chair, dark room, kind of like serenading, but I was like, oh, well, Motown Philly was, was a big hit of theirs and it was upbeat and whatnot. So I went back and looked at it and they had a fully choreographed, mm. you know, dance yeah. and it was really fun and exciting, you know, so they definitely have elements of the boy band. Um, interesting enough, I did in my quest to fight, figure out if they were, um, I forget who it was, but one of the guys from the band, um, was interviewed and asked if they consider themselves a boy band. And they said they understand a lot of the similarities, but they don't consider themselves a boy band. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's kind of a derogatory term when you're as a member of that group, right? You're kind of classified as this group that this is what you do and Mm -hmm. this is how you've been become successful when really, I think everybody wants to be known as just an artist or sure. a group that yeah. is known for their music, not necessarily like because you're a boy band now you're successful. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh what would your top three favorite songs be, Brian? I know you're not good with names, yep. but but if you had to pick your top three, what would they be? Okay, so so I'm gonna consider Boys to Men a boy okay, band. Okay, that's fair. So my my probably my top one would be I swear by oh, by Boys and Men. I swear. Yeah. Oh, such a good song. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the takes me back to middle school. Um, you know, middle school dances specifically. Um, not that that was a real great time and like, but I I think it was just um, you know, hearing those songs through speakers, you know, in a a large auditorium or 
gym with a bunch of my friends and all that kind of stuff um, was kind of cool. Uh, I'll go with InSync Bye 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 as number okay. two. Okay. Um, and then I'll go with Backstreet Boys I Want It That Way with my number three. Okay. Um, so actually not that dissimilar from mine. Um, so mine uh, – so I I was a big – well, one, I, I loved Boys to Men. Um, I didn't put them in my list because I don't consider them a boy band personally. But I also grew up uh, with Sync, and I chose them as my – um, number one band, but uh, I wanted that way. It made was number one for me. So Backstreet Boys song, and I, to be honest, I think this has grown on me over the years. Um, the singability of a lot of the Backstreet Boys songs are spectacular. Yeah, um, it has become, I think, one of my favorite songs to sing for karaoke. Oh, if I ever okay. Do one. Yeah, okay. I know all the words to it, so. Um, so that's that's been good. My my number two song is Bye Bye Bye. So similar to you, oh, there. Okay. But my number three song really dates back, uh, and it's I Want You Back, and it's the Jackson Five. Oh. So um, while they are to me, I, they're 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 kind of like uh, not like a true boy band. They did you know had a lot of those you know dancing yeah, yeah. type things. Yeah. And um, this is going to sound cheesy for anyone who is, you know, a little older and maybe even grew up watch or listening to that. But I didn't get into the Jackson 5 until a couple years ago uh, when I watched Guardians of the Galaxy and they <laughs> feature some of their songs. Um, and I Want You Back is one of those songs. So I, I love – like I will put on um, that soundtrack in particular, but even the Jackson 5 on – Sometimes on Fridays is kind of like my Friday playlist, yeah. just because it's fun. It's it's kind of exciting. So, <coughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna put you a little bit to the test because because since I control everything over here with the audio, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put you to the test, and I want to see if you know um, some of these songs that I selected. So here's number one. Okay, um, so this is my worst nightmare <laughs> because I literally I, I I'm realizing this now as you're quizzing me. Yeah. I struggle so hard at uh, differentiating NSYNC and Battery Boys. Yep. Um, so I'm going to say that that is Backstreet Boys. Correct. Yes. Okay. Whew. All right. Here, here's number two. Okay, I'm between two now. Yep. Um, I don't think this one was crazy popular, so I'm going to go Jonas Brothers. Eh. Ah, darn it. It was One Direction, yep. wasn't it? One, it? one Direction, One Thing. <sighs> yeah, I, I guess I should have done this uh, back and forth between Backstreet Boys and, and NSYNC. But, well, that uh, would have been challenging, but that's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, um, we'll go another one. Yeah, you don't even need to get into the course okay. there. That's right. Backstreet Boys, Backstreet's back. All right. Sunny, 
stay in the ring. Um, is this new edition? It is. Nice. Good job. Oh, that was a stretch. That, yeah, that was a good good job. Good pull Thanks. there. Thanks. Uh, let's see. Got it. I don't need any more than that, but we can play it for the listeners. You're doing way better than I would have done in this. I mean, this is this. If it, you picked another song, I might have struggled with it. But this yeah. is "New Kids on the Block." Um, yeah, that's like their their big hit. Okay, we've got. Oh. This really, song. what I want to review from is is Justin singing. Please, well, please. Send I us have a song. cold, so don't judge me. Oh, this is such a good song. This is Boys to Men. Yeah. Oh man, can we just listen to these whole songs? Is that what you guys <laughs> want? We'll just become the radio boy band radio. Um, I'm I would that would entertain me. So all right, here, here's a couple maybe you have not heard. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what is that part of the song? <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, oh, I think I've. Oh my goodness, they're like a young, young band. Um, if I heard them, I might recognize it, but I, I don't know. So that was together. Together, okay, yes. That's why I knew about Together. I think they were. Um, I think that one might the, have been their only hit yeah. song. Like I'd actually heard that one before. Yeah, I I remembered pieces of of that song, but um, I didn't remember it from back in the day. All right, one more. Oh, this is. Well, no, let it. Be. Yeah, this is Daydream Believer by the Monkees. Good work. Yeah. Good work. Yeah, that that was fun. So I I used to um back this is a little bit of back in the day, but I um I I don't want to say I pride myself in this. I'm not really that good at it, but I used to when I went on vacation with my buddy um uh, down in North Carolina, um we I would have my iPod uh, at the time mm-hmm. and I would have him like pick a song and play it and then I would have to guess the oh, artist interesting. and I just loved the challenge of that um, and it's funny like I still am terrible at trivia even with music Yeah. Um, but I think I ha- you have your I ha- niche yeah apparently. I do and I think there will be a time when I'm like a rock star at yeah. trivia yeah. and it's just not right now. I need another 10 years right. before they start saying, Oh, back in the nineties, this, and I'm like, Oh, and then I might know it. Then. Yeah. But, um, cause yeah, I, I, I used to love doing that. So that was, that was, that was fun for me. I don't know about you <laughs> listeners. Um, but it was fun for me and that, you know, sometimes that's just what we got to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we are over an hour. I am shocked. We didn't have that many, friendship test questions and we're like oh yeah it might be a little short this week and sure enough here we are over an hour yeah uh but so let's go delusional thinking I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. 
All right, so I got a, a an interesting one here. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. So, would you rather be the parent of a successful boy band member or the child of one? Okay. Um, well, I I think this is a tough one. It is. I think this is a really tough one. Yeah. Um. I think that I would rather be the parent of the boy band member because, one, you know, for the most part, until they got to that 15, 16 year age, they've led a fairly normal life. Sure. Um, And then, you know, once they be, it's, they're, they're close enough to an adult where, their fame or whatever, you know, pros or cons have have come with this stardom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really don't impact me on a on the daily. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't. Um, yes, maybe I get a little bit more money, or maybe there's paparazzi or whatever it might be, but for the most part, I've already raised them, and then they've gone on to stardom after me and I think I am completely okay with that because what I do not want is the flip side of being born into this life of stardom sure and um you know one the boy band members they're their formative years in their teen you know that 15, 16, 17, 18 through, you know, their early 20s, um, they're not able to necessarily grow up very easily because they have this fame and fortune and everything. And so when I get to that point, they're not going to know what to do is is my kind of thought process of like, they didn't go through that like a normal person. And now, and I'm not going to be a normal um, person growing up in you know front of cameras and all of this kind sure. of stuff, and so you know who knows. So that that's kind of my initial thinking. Okay, <clears throat> so my gut uh, leads me the other direction, um, and you make a you make a couple because co- you want to be more lazy. <laughs> no, no, that is not my intention, but maybe a little bit of it. Um, so the parent of a successful boy band member, I think. Partly, and maybe I'm influenced a little bit by the documentaries that I watched. Like, it seemed like being, I don't know, these kids went through some weird stuff um, and some really challenging stuff. Sure, they were on top of the world and they had every girl swooning for them, but, um, but they also, you know, had issues with, you know, even getting paid in a lot of these things yeah. or. Yeah. Um, the drama of the the band and the drama, you know, and I don't know. I just feel like it would be stressful as a parent of a boy band member. And then maybe you become a little estranged, too, because they're kind of on this path and doing – they're on this path to stardom. And so it's kind of hard to parent um, in a lot of ways. Yeah, sure, they're towards the end of, you know, your parentage um, from just a – you know, they're they're almost an adult. Um but I think that that could be challenging. Though there is benefits to like, you know what? Like this is I raised them to be a great person or a great kid, and now they've come and yeah. you know 
found stardom in that way. So there, there's some benefits, I think, to that. But I kind of like the child one just because I think um, – you know, Lazy. <laughs> no. You want to um, have all the money in the world. Not even able. that. I just – well, one, I do think it does open up doors, right? Like if you – not in the not in the pay off college kind of open up doors uh like some other people in the media um are doing but um but no i just think you know it it's kind of a cool story like my dad was joey from insync or something i don't know it's kind of just interesting to kind of grow up with i don't know what that lifestyle is like uh, but the other thing too is and one of the reasons why i don't like i'm not too concerned with it you talked about like born into stardom Yes and no. I think there's a little bit of that, but I think at the same time, they are, um, you know, if if you're a son of Justin Timberlake, that's different. Like, that guy is still on top of the world. But if you're the son of JC, like, yeah. is he on top of the world? No. Like, he was at that time, but now that you're a kid and you grow up and you're a couple years old, he's already faded into the background. Like, you know, a lot of these boy bands – you know they fade and then you're like all right well then you're just kind of a i don't know there's not as much stardom as i think you would you might assume because they're loose celebrities they become like c-list celebrities at one point like lance bass is like going to the moon it's like oh cool like you know lance bass is going to the moon i think so yeah a couple years ago um he i don't know if it actually went through or it got failed but that was like a story i remember reading that lance bass was going to like the moon on a mission or something like weird stuff like that to just stay a part of the part of the light but again he's just like oh you're lance bass like that's cool but so Hmm. i don't think it would be as challenging for that kid but it would be beneficial enough to have some yeah but but the the your parents now have not gone through that lifestyle like they've had this like disconnect from normalcy and and then you're kind of back to that normalcy is what you're saying yeah. for a, a good majority of them and now it's like okay how do you actually raise a kid when yeah. i have i didn't go through a lot of the things that my kid is now going to go yeah. through well the one thing i will say uh is that um, by becoming a child, I now get to start young again, and uh, <laughs> you've gotten older. Oh. So <laughs> well, yeah, I gained years, true. you lost them. Same. Okay. Same. Well, okay. To each his own. <laughs> well, uh, it's been fun. It's uh, somehow 70 minutes, 77 oh or 71 gracious. minutes. Every time. We can't avoid it. Yeah, we Every- keep getting longer and longer. <laughs> I did get a notification from our, our streaming service that uh, we were getting close to our allotment oh, for the week. Geez. So, All right. We got to slim it down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for joining us here on, on the Quest for 100. Uh, it's, it's been fun. Yeah, this is always a treat to talk to you fine people. Um, as always, subscribe to us on Apple or Google Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts um, and uh, follow us on Facebook. Um, I'm going to make a post this week. We hit 20. Um, I'm going to make a post with some of our delusional questions and, okay. and maybe some other stuff. Yeah, so yeah. We, I've, been, I've been tweeting. tweeting yeah. we got three followers on Twitter. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. yeah. Well, wherever you want to follow us, wherever you want to subscribe, We'd love to be in your your inbox, and and uh, we love to keep coming coming to you guys and bringing some fun fun stuff. Thanks for joining us on the Quest for One Hundred. 